When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get ready for your first round of golf of the year at the 32nd Annual 2023 Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. Returning to the Minneapolis Convention Center Friday, February 24th through Sunday, February 26th. This year's show includes free lessons from the PGA professionals, thousands of name brand golf apparel items, discounted especially for the show, and your chance to sink a putt for $100,000. Plus so much more. Tickets and more information at minnesotagolfshow.com. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. And welcome into Purple Daily. No Mackie today, so we have a pinch hitter along with Dex and uh, yours truly, Chip Scoggins, ordinarily on Purple Access. I guess we'll call this a crossover episode of Purple <laughs> Access and Purple Daily. Chipper, what is going on? How are you? My my head is still ringing from sitting next to you at that Timberwolves game last night. That was actually fun. A Timberwolves a, game was fun. That was a lot of fun. That game, that place was electric. I actually appreciated the The fans were great. What position would you play Ant Edwards at on a football team on the Vikings? Oh, um, either quarterback. Safety? Corner, safety could be good. Safety, corner, or or would you turn him into, because physically he sort of has this, would you turn him into a wide receiver out of the slot? Tight end? Oh, yeah. Maybe, oh, you know, maybe. maybe but I think he good. could be like a. I think he could, because, I mean, he would punish you. God, you you, you could offensively. I think KOC, Chipper, <laughs> I think KOC would put him on offense. Because imagine the plays that you oh, could yeah, run he's... with that ability. Wasn't there a video of him working out last year throwing a football, too? Yeah. Wasn't that yeah. one of the uh, – he He's a good like... football guy. He's a good yeah, player. I think, he was, I think he was a star in high school. Yes, yes. Which is not surprising because he's such a great athlete. But can you imagine him lined up on one play in the backfield – the next play in the slot, then yeah. go in motion, some orbit <laughs> behind the quarterback. You run a little orbit. That'd be great. Yeah. And then he jumps. Then he jumps. He would definitely be the guy that wanted to always leap over the, the tackler coming in. And he, you know, like the. the oh, absolutely. Doing it. Yeah. The running absolutely. backs. Yeah. All right. So uh, speaking of the Vikings and speaking of the National Football League, Chipper, the Super Bowl is now set. We are going to get what should be a really fun game a week from Sunday. Eagles against uh, the Chiefs, and we saw two conference titles games this past Sunday. The the Eagles uh, Niners game was flat out disappointing, in part yeah. because Brock Purdy got hurt, and San Francisco was essentially screwed after that. The yeah. uh, Chief the Chiefs Bengals game was magnificent, a ton of fun. 
But as you watched those two games unfold, what did you, what occurred to you about where the Vikings are coming off a 13 win season, but a very disappointing first round uh, playoff loss. But like, as you watch some of the top teams, what struck you about where the Vikings need to go next to even get into that zip code? Uh, without a doubt, unmistakable speed on defense and defensive line pressure and the way those teams can run, the way they tackle, how aggressive they are. Um, that to me was the biggest takeaway was just when you watch that, um, Judd, it just felt like, man, the Vikings are so far away from this defensively. Yes. And, um, you know, obviously, uh, when you have a Mahomes and you have a Burrow who wasn't, you know, great through a couple of picks there, but, um, you know, that changes everything, right? Um, the, the odds of hitting one of those guys is pretty, uh, you know, are not high, but the things that you can control, I think, are Quasi and O'Connell have to get younger, have to get faster and more aggressive on defense with the scheme. Absolutely. Absolutely. In, in fact, I think the thing that I think that has struck me since the playoffs began is the mm-hmm. good teams. And you're right. It's a level of aggressiveness, too. So it's just a. It's eminently controllable like you yeah. can. And, and this does not mean they are not going to screw up. But guess what covers up for screw ups? Speed does. So yeah. like you're Chipper, you're exactly right. As you watch the, these games unfold, it's not that these defenses are all like the, the steel curtain. But what they yeah. are is they've got a certain mentality, a certain speed, and it doesn't have to be, you know, big names. It just has to be a mindset. And the Vikings, the Vikings, of all the things that they did well uh, going into 2022 and then did well in season, that was the one where they just absolutely struck out. Well, and it's, it's two things. It's along the line, getting pressure, having just stud defense alignments, not only just outside but inside. Um, you know, scheme wreckers who no matter what you have, these guys are just going to wreck your scheme. But then also the way their corners challenge at the line and press and not just sit back and give 10-yard cushions and let, you know, try to prevent giving up the big play. That that whole mentality this year with Donatel. And I, I don't know if that's just a scheme or he didn't trust his corners in the secondary, but it was just a recipe for failure. And I just think, um, you know, offenses are too good. The upper echelon quarterbacks are too good to sit back and be passive and think that's, you know, if you just make him go drip, drip, drip down the field, there's too many things that can can happen to go wrong. Well, they're going to do that. They're going to hit big plays, and and you've got to create more pressure and you have to be more aggressive on the outside. And I, 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 and a lot of that's personnel. And I don't know if this personnel fits that, what they, you know, to play that style. But um, I have to think that O'Connell in his interviews with these defensive coordinator candidates, that's a big emphasis because he was talking about it the last yes. month of the season that they were too predictable, not aggressive enough, and they need to create more pressure. Right, which is why it's imperative, too, 
that in addition to uh, having fired Ed Donatel, they now have to let guys like Kendricks and Jordan Hicks and, and you can't be that old and slow. Like there was a time, maybe it worked. It doesn't work now. I don't care how much you love Kendricks. You can't watch your linebackers literally get beat time after time, after time, after time. You can't make them faster. Um, And so, yeah, I, they did the simple thing to me, which is Ed was here for a year. You're fired too bad. They're going to say it's tough. It's not, but it's the players that are going to be tough. And that's the next step. And that's going to have to happen. Well, I mean, and I I know O'Connell knew it and maybe the, he got just, you know, swept up in the winning and felt like, okay, they can, they can survive this way, but it wasn't by accident. Halfway through the season, he was pining to see more of Brian Osamoa on defense. And it never, it did one game, right? Right. But he's the one guy could run. Like he, his speed jumps out because they were slow. Where was he then though? That like, that's what I don't don't understand. I don't know. I know. I know. Play 33. And I don't know if that's just the old coaching fallback that, Oh man, we trust our veterans. You know, I'm a, you know, Zim did that. I mean, he hated playing young guys. He always wanted to rely on veterans because they know more and they're savvy and they, you know, all that. But, you know, I, again, it would have pr- probably been a lot easier to make a pivot if this was a, you know, nine win team where he's like, you know what, this is, we're not that good. But when you're, when you win 13 wins, you don't want to upset what's going on and start making, you know, lineup changes probably, even though you had one of the worst defenses. You know what, though, Chipper? I, I agree with your with your uh, overall point, but the one playoff game to me told you everything. Yeah. And, and you know, the Giants picked on Peterson, too. That's the yeah. other thing. Like, Peterson had a very nice year, and I have no doubt that he is a classy dude and that he's valuable. All of that being said, Peterson didn't get picked on a ton, but in the Giants game, they're like, screw it. Yeah. We're going at yeah. him. And guess what? They had success. So there's no like foolproof veteran here who's got yeah. this down. Yeah, like everyone well, is is susceptible to potentially being cut. How hard do you work to re-sign him? Or not re-sign him. Um if he's gonna get paid, I don't work at all. I don't work at all. If he's not going to get paid, I consider is there it. value is there value in even if he's not a starter, because you play, you know. This whole idea is you guys are starting not every yeah. you wind up using, you know, seven different cornerbacks, but just the value of having them in the room. You know what? As far as the defensive backs go, I think, and th- this is just a gut feeling on my part, I think Harrison Smith's going to come back. Yeah. I might be wrong. Uh, if he comes back, then no. Then, you know, then you I mean, you just – you just don't want to be as slow. I mean, the Vikings defense was so slow for what they were trying to, to do. And I'm assuming that they're going to stay with a three, four. Um, I th- I think he's married to it. I, yeah. I do. I think he's married to it. I, I just think he, he, I think O'Connell, I guess I would be surprised if he said, you know what? We tried it. It didn't work after one year. I think getting rid of the coordinator is a sign that you said we had the wrong guy, Ron in it. Yeah. Uh, we didn't employ it the right way. And, I also think it's it's the acknowledgement that the personnel has to change. And I know we talked about that. Like, you know, when you look at their cornerback situation, who do you feel good about at this point as, you know, that that you look at as like, okay, there's the long term. We didn't see enough of Booth. 
right? We didn't see enough of Evans, and he's had he had three concussions, so it's like yep. Gansler, that, I mean, unknown now, disappeared I, I, at the end of the year. He, you know, he had something going on at the end of the year, and and I'm not so sure he would have lost his job anyways. You yeah. know, Duke Shelley, um, Duke Shelley, agent, but I don't totally trust that. It's a nice story, yeah, and he, I love the way he competes, right? Um, but. Is he the guy that you say is our starter? Well, um, you know, I liked what I saw from Evans. I thought he had the most. Um, I mean, Duke Shelley made plays, and he was he was he was fine in there. Evans, I like, um, but when a guy has three concussions in one year, I don't yeah. know that that's a big question mark, you know. And don't forget too, you basically now in this league have three starters and Shannon. Sullivan, that one, whose I contract is up, didn't work. No, but I'm saying, so now yeah. you've got, so now it's not just two outside guys. It's an inside yeah. guy as well. I I was go, going through it and talked about uh, this on PD with Phil and Dex, Chipper. Um, going through the top 50 free agent list put out by ESPN and PFF. They're different, lots of, lots of the same names. And I said, there's an argument. So I looked at four positions that the Vikings need help at and then tried to identify realistic targets. So not the top guys. Yeah. They're, they're not going to afford them. But the four positions that I identified were cornerback, interior d- defensive line, especially if Dalvin Tomlinson leaves as a free agent, yeah. linebacker, which clearly needs at least one guy, and wide receiver. And, he, and here's, yeah. and here's okay. why... I, Here's why I think there's an argument to be made that the Vikings might actually draft a receiver high because those guys, there is no one really out there and they get paid too much and they're all re-signed, right? So how about this thought? You sign a next tier cornerback as a free agent. Uh, in, In fact, the guy that I found was the Cardinals, Byron Murphy Jr. He's played a bunch of inside and he can play outside. He replaced Peterson uh, in 2021 and was good. He played in nine games because of a back problem this this past year. But I wonder if there's an argument to be made that you try and find stability through free agency at cornerback because wide receivers, you ain't going out and signing one. Yeah, I and, and I like that idea because um, – and I, I, I was thinking of that because you have so many young corners already that are unproven. Yes, by and large, that I mean, you've seen flashes, but you know, unproven in terms of um, who they are and what they're going to be. Do you want to draft one in the first round and and you know have another young corner? I think you need to find a guy if he's on on that list who's been in the league five to seven years, four to six years. Who first contract? First contract. That's what I want. Uh, four to five. Um, years. Yeah, and who? Has started two years in the league or whatever, you yes. know, and you you plug in and say this guy's a starter, and then, and then you hope the combination of, you know, Shelley Evans Booth, one or two of those guys, you know, ideally all three, but again with the questions you don't know, and then, um, I agree on all those positions. I, I would put linebacker four in there because I, I, you know. Sure. I think I think Osamo is going to be a starter and then they need to, you know, figure out who the other but Judd, they need a number two receiver that's fast. I know. You know, I mean they really do. Uh I don't think Thielen will be back. Um but I think they need a guy who can stretch the field that they don't, you know, 
that they don't have right now. Um, and they need a stud in the middle of that defensive line. Yeah. You know, they need an absolute stud in the middle of that defensive line. And if we're going down the Christmas list, the interior of the offensive line ain't all that great either. You know, I mean, what are you going to do at center? Do you bring Bradbury back? Um, I, I guess you roll back with Ed Ingram. I mean, his first year was not oh, he'll good. Oh, he'll be back. I mean, you would hope that you start a guy all these games. He's yeah, be better he's than coming year, back. He, he ain't losing that job. Yeah. Um, you know, and Cleveland didn't have the greatest year either over there, but – He's okay. But I would put I wouldn't put that ahead of. It just feels like they needed. You see these other teams that have these mountains in the middle of mountainous man in the middle of the defensive line that just blow everything up in the interior. Mm-hmm. That's what they need. It could creep pass rush there. I know they're You're not signing that guy. Look, those, I, I know those I guys know. are at the top of the list, and they're going to get to get paid. So you would have to draft that guy. Yeah, yeah. I think the free free agent. I would I would want an older guy at I say older, yeah, a more experienced guy at corner, um, and maybe try to draft that big, massive defensive tack, nose tackle that just you know dominates in there. And then I think that helps your pat, you know, the edge rushers and. Um, so that would be kind of my – so if I if I had the pecking order, I'd say cornerback one. Yep. Two and 2A would be number two wide receiver. That's fast. And then the defense tackle and then probably put uh, linebacker four. So where, where would you look um, to target in the draft as opposed to like, – like let's say that, that you clear enough cap space to make one what we would consider to be impact, not enormous, but impact – Free agent signing position. How, how would you go about this? Corner. Okay. I corner number one. Yep. Yeah. Corner one. And then I would try um, for my first round pick. I would look interior defensive line. Um, They don't have a second, right? So then you're in. Uh, not right now. But, yeah. Not right now. See so how to do. But my, in the draft order, I would go, I would try to find a, just a stud defensive tackle, you know, really high level defensive tackle. And then pretty high, you know, next one or two draft, try to find a speed burner on the outside to compliment um, Jefferson. I trust them more from a draft standpoint to find that like with O'Connell and an offensive philosophy, mm-hmm. That that's why I'm trying to in, instead of just identifying needs and trying to say, well, this draft a corner. I'm trying to think of how they're go, going to to think about this. One thing that's very unfortunate is is at the Senior Bowl practices that this week, John Michael Schmitz, the Golfers yeah. Center, who I absolutely love, I guess is just playing lights it, out, yeah. and he's yeah. and he's he's going to rock it up to like a late first round pick or he's going to be. A- Early he's going to be second. Yeah, he's going to be. <clears throat> I don't think he's going to be available for their second uh, swing. I think he's going to be gone. And yep. I mean, I've obviously you know covered a lot of his games, and he's just. I love him. He's 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 a stud, man. I mean, he's a great uh, center, hard worker, tough guy, really high character uh, young man. Um, and he, yeah, for, by all the draft guys sounds like he's dominating down there and he's the best center so he's going to be you know top you know what 
35, 40 pick, yeah, you know? So, would it be a reach I just, chipper at 23 for him, you think? You know, probably. I mean, teams are going to view him differently. I don't, I mean, if he's showing that well, I mean, I think he's, I think he's a great player. I mean, is he a first rounder, second rounder? I don't know. Late, you know, late first rounder, early second rounder. Um, I think there's a definite need there. You know, I don't know that you're going to bring Brad uh, Bradbury back. Um, I know we were all pining for him at the end of the year, but this, you know, based on they had no other options really. Um, I'm not. I'm not paying him big bucks, and I think I think there's going to be a team off his success of 2022 that pays him. Bradbury, yeah. Bradbury, yeah. I just, I just, Deck, I think, to me, and this is not without knowing what Dalvin Tomlinson does, but even in, in spite of that, I think I would look uh, interior defensive line. But, I, you know, if John Michael Smith is has a hell of a, you know, run up to the draft and just blows people away, I mean, I think you obviously take a real hard look at it because that's going to be a position of need. Could, could you trade back, though? Well, I would. Because, I mean, I think they qu- might. I think Quasi's going to do that because he want he, you got to get more picks, Judd. Yeah. Got, now they're going to get they have what four now they're going to get a compensatory pick, one compensatory pick, one compensatory uh, for a and if you, Yeah, and then if you trade back, you you know you might be able to get another couple late rounders. Um, so it wouldn't it would not surprise me if they did that trade later in the first round, pick up you know John Michael Schmidt or you know interior defense line and try to add a, a pick or two. I, I think that's completely what they're going to do. I mean, you know, there's going to be somebody. Uh, you know, we'll want to move up to grab somebody at that 22nd spot. Absolutely. All right. I'm going to give, give you an, um, a thought from the, from the playoff games of something that I think that the Vikings should watch closely and improve on. I've not talked about this before, but before I do, Chip Scoggins, I want to talk to you about problem solving because the Vikings, we're talking about it right now. They're looking <laughs> to solve problems. Well, guess what? Sports dad here, Judd, he was trying to solve problems too. He had a light downstairs in the pantry. It didn't work. Frustrating. He had he still had two-pronged outlets in in his house. No <laughs> one has those. Those things had to be fixed. And guess what? It, it was as simple as this. A call contacting my friends, Cody at Finch Home Solutions. Uh, they came out to my house last week gave me an estimate and i'm not talking about a bloated one. Oh man your wiring's all goofed up cody actually said your wiring's fine and in fact we can do this very simply and then finch came to my home yesterday and they did a fantastic job everything got done professionally it got done quickly finch home solutions if you have electrical issues which we all do and we all should not try to solve those they are the place to go same day and emergency services available to help at any hour, also offering free home safety inspection to all of our Score North listeners. Be sure to tell them that you heard about Finch on Score North because there will be special deals for you. FinchHomeSolutions.com, 612-357-2604, FinchHomeSolutions.com. I'm not just a spokesman. I am now a client, and I am going to tell you FinchHomeSolutions.com is the place to go. All right, so Chipper, I haven't brought this up, but it occurred to me in watching, especially the conference championship games, among the things that the Vikings could have learned, and this goes to one guy, Kevin O'Connell, play calling. Um, he did a nice job. And I, I look, I think he's going to be fine. I think he has a good offensive mind. But, you know, when you go back and think about it, there were games, lots of games, where the Vikings disappeared offensively for long periods of time. And there were certainly games where I think we, we were all surprised that more plays or more guys weren't maximized. 
And I know that, that this is the upper echelon, but when you watch Andy Reid operate, right? Yeah. And yeah. It, it and it ain't like those guys are all now the quarterback is special and Kelsey is special, but it's not like these guys are all Pro Bowl players. We're talking about some seventh round draft picks. We're talking about sixth round draft picks. But when you see the creativity and play calling, <clears throat> I really think that that's a place where where O'Connell can grow in his second year as the Vikings coach. I, I I agree, and I think he will get better. I think you know he's a rookie head coach, rookie play caller. I'm sure he's you know once he kind of decompresses and does the season autopsy he'll probably say you know i could have done this better i'll do this better i think he'll get better and and andy reed's one you know the hall of fame coach one of the all-time greats but judd how much do you think that's dictated by the quarterback oh a lot i mean you can do things with with uh mahomes that you can't do with others and so i wonder how much just with you know Cousins is is good at what he does with structure. If you ask him to get all, you know, I agree with you. This yes, creative and outside of him, I, I think it'd be disastrous. <laughs> all right, know? all right. Let me throw this at you though, as an example that wouldn't put a lot more on Kirk. Okay, the Dalvin Cook usage to me confused me. Yeah. Now, now I have realized that I was wrong. He is not just not as good a receiver as I thought. All right, so that's my fault. But yeah. but th- but that being said, you know, if you don't think that this guy can do it, the Kane Wangwu prototype, like you yeah. can do a ton of different things there that the Vikings, I guess, didn't feel Kane could do. But my point is, like. There's a certain amount of stress that I think is very fair to put on Kirk. Now, if you say, hey, go out there and be Mahomes. Throw it underhanded. Throw it underhanded. Right. I'm not asking for that. I'm not asking for that. But when we're talking formations, when we're talking motions, like there's a lot more here, in my opinion, um, that you need to trust guys because that's what keeps defenses on their toes. And I don't know that as the season progressed, there was a lot more that the Vikings did that actually surprised opponents. Yeah, I, I think I would love to see his offense with a healthy uh, Irv Smith and Hawkinson together. Does that open up things with a speedy number two? I just, I just think Thielen was so limited. Yeah, um, I agree with that. If you can add a speed burner over there, and you know, then you have combine him with Osborne and. and and maybe you get a running back that you feel is more uh, Swiss comfortable. Army. Yeah, Swiss Army. yeah. Do yeah. a lot of different things. And maybe it's maybe it's um, Chandler. Okay. I, maybe, maybe he fits in that that mold next year. That because I like you know it's preseason. So let's not get too carried away with it. But but he showed some things in preseason and. And maybe he he slides into that role and he can give you a little bit more uh, creativity. So I still feel like uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think there's more to be kind of wrung out of the sponge here. And I, I think he will, having gone through this year and kind of seen what guys can do, and I think he's really intrigued by the two tight ends, by having Hawkinson and, and Irv Smith together. And but I think Irv's gone, that, right? If you can bring him back, I mean, what's – He's not going to get a big deal from anybody, right? I mean, I would assume he would probably. Yeah, probably. probably. I mean, 
I'm I'm guessing. Got to stay on the field, though, Chip. Well, that's it. Yeah, but I'm guessing. I don't know what the market's going to be for him because he hasn't shown enough. So I'm guessing you could probably get him back in a relatively, you know, in a inexpensive deal. Yeah. Um, and if you don't, you know, I, I but I, I do I do agree. You know, having Hawkinson for the full year, getting a speedy guy on the outside, um, I think we'll see. I mean, still, what did they finish? Eighth in scoring? Seventh in scoring? Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they weren't they, they might be I'm able, just saying there's development. But there were – yeah, and there, I mean, there were times where you're like, man, they're really struggling to score. So I think yes. they can get up to that five range, you know, top five in scoring. This might qualify as a slightly hot take, but it, it occurs to me that with O'Connell's offensive scheme and what I think he wants to do, actually, the reality is that Cordell Patterson's skill set would fit more than Cook's. I just felt like Dalvin yeah. was trying to – I felt like Kevin was trying to make that work, and it's like it, it, he's not bad, but like he is not. He is he's more of an old school bell cow guy, and I want yeah. a guy that can go in motion out of the backfield. I I want a guy who who defenses say oh crap, yeah. Dalvin's not no crap guy. Well, and it's interesting. Um, I, I looked it up at the end of the year because I was doing something on Dalvin, and they were twenty eighth in carries. Now, is that because – is that how it's going to be every year? Is this where a, an O'Connell offense is going to rank in terms of carries, or is that because of the personnel? Um, if, it's, if, it's, if, if, it's, if it's if it's how the offense is going to run, then yep. you're not going to spend $14 million on a running back. I mean, it makes no, no sense. and you shouldn't. Yeah. But but what you can do is is – what I want is I want that position to have – a variety of different ways that the ball gets in his hands. Yeah. Handoffs, um, passes, short passes. I, I mean, flat out, one of the most inexcusable things, and this has to improve right away. You can't have this crappy a screen game. Yeah, I know. It was, I, I mean, that's an weird, embarrassingly so, bad screen game. And I thought it, I would thought it would be so much better with Dalvin. You know, so you know, it just wasn't. I mean, you saw the one flash where they scored the, the game-tying touchdown. And yeah. The, the comeback, but it's like, I mean, too many. T- and when you see an effective screen game and what it does for oh. teams, it's like, man, why can't they just do that? It doesn't seem like it's that hard. Of a play no, it looks so to- simple. Yeah, I know. And it's so effective. And it's like, you see other teams uh, thrive with it and get so many big plays out of it. And it's so, you know, a big part of their offense that you wonder why it can't be more effective here. But that, uh, you're right. That to. needs to be it. It has to be an emphasis this offseason to figure out who can run it, how they, you know, how they can get more out of it because it was just not nearly as good as it should have been. Yeah, I'd say the two things that occur to me, Chip, um, offensively, are screen game has to improve, and to go back to your point, you have to have a deep threat that's not JJ who who frees up Jefferson. Like again, you know, once we got about I don't know seven eight games in. How many players beyond Justin made the defense say, oh, no, like yeah. this is bad. Well, this is real bad, you know, and they doubled him. And yeah. so there have to be alternatives to we just can't do do that. And to get to get into the weeds as well, I'd like to see this. How many times did the Vikings run from a receiver standpoint bunch formations? Because it yeah. feels like that's where you confuse teams, right? Yeah, like you think know, you know yeah. where Jefferson's going, and now you don't know, and now it gets screwed. It felt like the Vikings didn't take advantage of bunch uh, formations, which are very common now. 
as much mm-hmm. as they probably could have. Well, yeah. And, you know, again, that might be personnel too. And, you know, the other thing is you know, going back to the run game too, is like, I don't think they have to run it. You know, they don't have to be top 15, you know, in attempts, but they had way too many uh, carries at zero yards, minus two yep. yards. I mean, the number of runs that get it, that netted no gains or I mean, that's, it was just inef, you know, inefficient and inconsistent. And so, you know, again, they don't have to be one of the top rushing teams, but they can't have so many that start you at second and 12, which it just seemed like at the second half of the year, Dalvin was constantly getting hit behind the line and just not, you know, uh, putting him in better situations. Famine, famine, famine. No feast. It was. It was. No it feasting. Was, it was a lot of. It was a lot of famine, famine, feast uh, going on. So um, that, that I think they have to address that too. All right, Chip Scoggins. Talk to you next week. Thanks much. And as always, great stuff, man. All right, boys. We'll see you.